DJ and PK, it is time to bring in David Locke, the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. His weekly interview is brought to you by the Murdoch Auto Team. David, good morning. Good morning. PK's right. That's David Locke. He joins us every week. Thank you, David. <laughs> See ya. I don't know what he said, but I figured it was a good way to start the interview. You can repeat yourself. You're, you're, uh, you're spot on here, PK. He is going to agree with you when he hears you. Well, what? Yak, play it back. I can't recreate genius. <laughs> I can't do it. Of course not. Jeez, believe. Did well, I say lock? I, I mean, you are, I you, are the ultimate one, you are the ultimate one-shot pony, so yeah, I can't I, expect I, it twice. It's here, and it's gone. As quick as it came, that's as quick as it leaves. Bottom line, they're right. sucking right now, David. They don't have to jump on them early if they could just trade baskets early because it just seems like Groundhog Day giving up a – Huge run to the Wizards, which is what they gave up to the Celtics, which followed giving up a 15-0 run to the Warriors. Could they just trade hoops early? More energy, more effort. If they do that, they'll get back to being a good team. And there's no reason to go crazy now, PK said, because what happens in the playoffs is going to trump whatever happened on March 18th in Washington. But we're in the now right now. And they need to play better than this. This just isn't good enough. It shouldn't be who they are. But you are what your record says you are, and you are what the scoreboard says you are. And right now the scoreboard says they couldn't hang with the Wizards, which seems ridiculous, but that's what happened. So, I mean, like last week was maybe DJ's highest, best moment ever in his radio career. I mean, like really. Um, oh, yeah. I shot high, back. High level. Um. And now, PK, I try to give you a little room, and yet, then he, I mean, he's really on fire. Like, it's like, there's just no, you know, there's no, there's no Westbrook to Beal right now. It's just, it's just Beal. And, and DJ's Beal. Okay. PK will get a steal. He'll come down. He'll throw down a dunk. It'll happen. He might I'm comfortable the with the like secondary role. I've, I've always okay, been Scotty. comfortable in the background. That's just not true. <laughs> Depends on the scenario. You ought to see him in a crowded room. <laughs> I just want to see more effort and determination from these guys. How about that? Um, 100%. Last night was really bad. I mean, I came out of the first break and said to Ron, wow, well, they tried to see if they could win the easy way, and that doesn't yeah. look like it's going to work out. Okay. Um, and then – in the second, when they suddenly tried what looked like what they then, you know, you would have thought they were going to come out and start playing as though they were re-engaged is when then they allowed the huge run. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a joke in the league that there's a bunch of players who, you know, on offense run uphill or downhill and on defense run uphill. We ran uphill in both directions last night. Yeah, uh, We didn't have any fast break points through the first three quarters, which is not a great stat, but it still tells you a little something. And you know they were they were running in transition at a very high level. The numbers off makes first misses last night was extreme. Um, the first quarter issue is offenses, not defenses. So in five of the last seven games, our offensive rating in the first quarter has been below a hundred. I mean that's really bad. Um, the league average offense is about a one o about a one eleven right now which equates to 111 points per 100 possessions. The worst offense, the best is 118. The worst is like 105 to Cleveland. And we're at a hundred, under 
100, but we're actually not just that. If you actually look a little deeper, in four of the last seven, uh, seven games, we're below 90. So it's an offensive issue. It's actually been going on for a little while. Um, and the other one that Ron Boone pointed out last night is right now we're only winning if we're incredible offensively. Um, you know, earlier this year we kind of could win a game offensively, win a game defensively, depending on the night, what took place. And right now it's only if we're elite offensively. The only games we've won recently against non-G League teams, our offense was in the top 10 performances it's been in all season. So um, Boston was our eighth best, uh, or actually Boston was just our 16th best, but Orlando was our fourth best offense. Lakers was our sixth best, and Charlotte was our eighth best offensive nights of the year. So other than the Boston game, for us to win a game right now, we've had to be elite. Uh, Philadelphia without Embiid was our second best offensive game. We played the Clippers team that was pretty dismantled, and the Houston Rockets team, which was not an NBA team. In between, we've lost most of the games, and our offense has not been through the roof. So did you see enough uh, discomfort, enough uh, frustration in the postgame to think that they're going to put the energy in this to turn this around, or will there be some more scuffling about and more up-and-down performances like we've seen over the course of the last 11 games here? They're 5-6. and six. Are we going to get more of that for a while, and then maybe down the road we'll see about the turning it around thing? So I can't really read Zoom. I don't know. I mean, there's just such a difference of being around. So I can't. I mean, the the question is, has somebody exposed something about the team that they don't have an answer to, or is there something is there something that they have an answer to? Right. So that that would be the question: is did something happen in the middle of February where even though the Jazz were winning and they won five straight? in that stretch by like double digits and, you know, a million in a row by double digits. Did something happen in that stretch that somebody exposed something um, about the team and therefore, um, you know, people have an answer. I, I don't have that. I don't see it. There's not something to me that's there. So that would lead me to believe that, that it's a fixable issue, not an issue that, um, you know, teams are coming out of games early and trying to take Mike and Donovan away, and Boyan and Royce are not doing a lot offensively, and Rudy, so you, you know, Boyan's pretty vital there, I think, for for this team to kind of um, get going early offensively. Uh, so I think that's pretty important. Uh, on a defensive end for the season, um, after a made shot, we're the eighth-best defensive team, and after a missed shot, we're the seventh-best defensive team. And... Um, over turnovers, we're 26th, right? So there's where, like, that's always been a weakness. But if we go take it for the last, I don't know, give me a time frame if you want, like the last five or six games, or if you go to the last, you know, go back to the game against um, uh, Miami on the on this, on the 26th of February instead, which is kind of, you know, at least in my opinion, when I thought things started to, get a little less good and you look at what we are so defensively in that time period we're now you know one of the least good defensive teams in the league we're in the bottom 20 of def- 26 in the league defensively in that time we're 25th after a major and we're 18th after a defensive rebound 
they have completely collapsed defensively recently. So when I covered Majerus all those years, one of the first things he would do when he'd get the box score handed to him is look at the field goal defense numbers. So uh, the other team's uh, field goal percentage, and now it translates to the Utes' defensive field goal, what they would allow. And I heard you on Gordon and Jake, but I only caught the end of it. So you were saying that uh, field goal percentage is a misleading stat, and we need to rethink that. Am I, am I accurate in saying that? Yeah, because half the shots count more than the other half. So the stat is equivalent field goal percentage. EFG, effective field goal percentage, equivalent field goal percentage, is a better number. The Jazz are number one in the NBA at that. Because when teams are, when 35 to 40% of shots count as three, then it's mm-hmm. a different, you know, it's a different number. Now, last night, to the credit of Washington, they they won the game from the two-point range, which you don't see very often anymore, but they, they certainly did. Bradley Beal, that's the evolution he's made in this game. He's becoming a an elite two-point shooter, and Russell Westbrook got lucky. Um, and so, you know, last night, but even last night, their effective field goal percentage was 59, ours was 55. The night before was the game that really tells it against Boston because Boston's field goal percentage was better than ours, but we took like 20 more threes than they did, so we actually had a better shooting night than they did. So back in the day when it was mostly two-point shots and Majerus looked at that number, he wanted that number to be at 40% or down in the 30s. The higher it got over 40, the crankier he got. If it got to 45, he wasn't very happy. If it got to 50, he was furious. So effective field goal percentage, because you need to wait it for all these three-pointers. The game's really different than, you know, what Majerus was coaching in college in the 90s. What number would uh, make Quinn happy? What number would make him concerned? And what number would leave him furious? So, right, anytime we have these new statistics, you better have a base model number that makes sense to everybody, right? So the old number, we used to say 50% made sense for, you know, whether you had a good offensive game or, you know, Majerus had a higher standard and college didn't shoot as well. So, um the the average in the league on effective field goal percentage is 54%. It'd be nice if it moved up one. It would just be an easy number to remember, but it's 54. So um, the Jazz are the best in the league at 51 defensively. So if you can keep, I mean, anyone under probably 52, you're having a pretty darn good game. If you keep anyone under 50, you're probably going to win almost every time. Um so I think those would be the you know the kind of the range there that same right. you know, if you just kind of take the same multiples that um, uh, that Majerus was using kind of in forty forty five you know forty you're always going to win right in college so there's just no question um, I'm looking right now um, we've had oh, too many for me to look but we have not lost a game all year in which our opponent's effective field goal percentage was 51 or below. So we're undefeated in those games. We've only lost one game all year in which our team's, the opposing's effective field goal percentage was 53 or below. And that was to Minnesota on the you know fourth game of the year. Um, and we've only lost two games all year in which our, was actually our opponent's was it below 55? Effective field goal percentage was below 55. That's fascinating. Yeah. I mean, that's just a sign we're a really good offensive team, and so we don't actually have to be brilliant defensively. So, however, this is an interesting note to this conversation. This is great. Thank you, guys. If we allow over 55 uh, effective field goal percentage, we are 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 1, and 9. 
So they on the TV broadcast, they'll put those numbers up sometime, and that's the frame of reference then. 55, yeah, so, you're, 55, you're getting into trouble. The closer you get to 50, the better you feel about yourself. Down at 51 yeah. or 52, the Jazz are in great shape. Yeah, I mean, below 50, we haven't lost, right? Mm-hmm. So below 50, we haven't lost, and below above 55, we've only, we're one and nine. And there that's it is. Great. Yeah. Nice right. job. On an offensive level, by the way, um, we've only, we actually have lost twice above 55, but um, won a ton. Like, I, don't, I can't, the chart I have in front of me doesn't give me numbers. Um, and if we drop below 55, we lose at a really high rate, actually. Interesting. Okay. 55 is the magic number. There yeah, you go. For offense, yep. Effective field goal percentage. And for those of you who are wondering how you figure out effective field goal percentage, you take the three-point shots, divide them by two, made, divide them by two. So if you make ten, add five to the field goals. Yeah, I'm not going to do the math. Because it's an extra point. I'll let Travis do the math in the truck and put it up on the screen for me. <clears throat> Thank yeah, you, Travis. They're not using as much as they used to, which is too bad. A lot of teams have that direction. I think they've kind of pulled back a little bit this year, which is a bummer because I just think that field goal percentage is, you know, Boston game's an example. Boston's field goal percentage is better, so it's just not telling an accurate story anymore. 38 free throws last night was the big one. Washington just ran down our throat. We've heard and now. Uh... And the air effect in field goal percentage last night to this conversation was 59. Ours was 55. That's a defensive loss. So we've heard in the post game players talk about how, you know, we're the number one team in the league, teams are going to be ready for us, blah, blah, blah. And we've heard the ex players on the broadcast say that stuff. How much truth do you think there is to that, that the Jazz now are the hunted? And so they are not matching what the other teams are bringing because the other teams are excited and all that stuff to play the number one team in a league. You don't buy it, do you? Well, they're not coming out with the intensity that I would like at the start. I don't know if it's the other team thinking, wow, we got a chance to make a name for ourselves. We're the Washington Wizards. We're 11 games under five let Let's get a little feather on our cap. How much is it the other team? How much is it the Jazz? Yeah, but, I mean, you're not buying the first concept. I can feel it. You're not buying that, like, the Jazz have reached Laker elevated status that the players are talking about. The teams are giving them, coming out and per se giving them their best shot. I think players understand that this team is really good that they're going against. But I, I to me, it's not about the opponent. It's more about the the internal issues within the team as opposed to who they're playing. Uh, I think you're probably right. And I'm not sure. And I and I'll be perfectly clear. I'm I'm not sure. I'm not sure that they're raw wrong in the opposing locker room. You know, going nuts. All right, we're going to go with the Jazz tonight. Okay, yeah, I understand that. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. I I just don't think that actually happens in 82 games. Right, right. Um, I do think that we, last night, looked like a team that was trying to make – I said this, I mean, I think that that we tried to play the easy route last night. Yeah. Which is – you know, like that sounds terrible. It's not uncommon, and it's and it's not um, it's not awful. You, and it happens all the time in the league, and it's really normal that you come into a game and you're like, "All right, let's see." 
And so maybe what we've just touched on is the real issue of what's gone on with the Jazz. We're really good when we're really good. Uh-huh. We don't have LeBron, and we don't have Anthony Davis, and we don't have Kawhi Leonard, and we don't have Paul George, and we don't have Nikola Jokic. And if we're really honest about it, we don't have an MVP candidate. Like, we just don't have that guy. We don't really even have Bradley Beal yet, and we don't have Dame Lillard yet. Like, Donovan's terrific, but it's just his fourth year. So let's be honest about who he is and where he ranks in the NBA, which means that when we do do what we did last night, which is take the easy route to start or not come with as much focus, everyone in the NBA does it, but they have another gear to go to because they have LeBron, they have Kawhi, et cetera, that list. And we don't actually have that. So as much as when we're great, we're great, our margin of error to be that great is much slimmer than the other teams in the league. And I think we probably saw it most glaring when we went up 3-1 against Denver and blinked. And then didn't really click back in until we were at down 18 or whatever it was in game seven. And then we were terrific again. But the discrepancy between when we're engaged and hitting it full throttle and when we're trying to sneak by or just a little off or fatigued is significantly more than most of the good teams in the league. He's David Locke. Hear him on the broadcast tonight. The Jazz are in Toronto to play, or in Tampa to play Toronto, and he will have the game for you on 97.5 The Zone tonight, 6 o'clock, pregame at 5. Thank you, David. Huddle up, guys. Wait, wait, wait. Come here. Huddle up. Just, just through. That was really brilliant. I'm in. That was that was a brilliant segment, guys. Unbelievable. We opened with humor. We made him laugh. Then we got in some deep conversation. Then DJ explained a stat nobody understands. And then I closed. <laughs> I mean, that was incredible, guys. High fives all around. Great segment. Way to go. Still comes back to what PK said. It's about the energy. Because you're right. There's a small margin of error. The the for the jazz line between winning and losing isn't very big. So there you go. Good work. Really? Really the opposite of when the three of us get together. We just really never had a bad segment.